All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show. Uh, I mentioned on Monday and uh, on this program and on TV, uh, New York State's Department of Health and their new health policies, which are beyond divisive and destructive, but their new guidelines are rationing scarce, life-saving, these oral antiviral medications, monoclonal antibody infusions and shots, uh, the ones that have been proven the most effective therapeutics, according to every doctor we talk to. Um, and by the way, they are instructing providers now to consider race and ethnicity and give preference to those who are black, indigenous and people of color. Now, you would think, well, that's racist. Why don't we give it to the people that need it the most and to the people that are sickest or whatever it happens to be? Um, whatever happened to judge people by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. And does it really matter if somebody's sick? They're sick. Uh, I don't think we should be factoring in race in any way. And by the way, it's not the only example. You have public school district in, in Michigan now offering a 21 day equity challenge, including white privilege checklists and culminating with a call to join Black Lives Matter, the group, the, you know, what do we want dead cops? What do we want them now? Uh, these health policies in New York, are they racist? Anyway, joining us, Competitive Enterprise Institute, Dr. Joel Zimberg. He had an op-ed in the New York Post decrying New York State's new racial risk factor guidelines. He's a medical doctor, health policy expert, uh, an old friend of mine. I've known him many years. Great guy, Ken Blackwell. Uh, he's a former mayor of Cincinnati and the Ohio State Treasurer, Ohio Secretary of State. Uh, we welcome him back to the program. Ken, let's start with you. Um, first, the policies in New York. Your thoughts? Hi, Sean. It's good to be with you. Happy New Year. Look, Happy New Year. Uh, it, it, these folks are determined to divide us. They play the politics of, of the division. You know, what has made this country great is our adherence to that Latin phrase, e pluribus unum, from the many one. Uh, Martin Luther King said back in the mid-60s, he said, we have a choice to make as a nation. We can choose chaos or we can choose community. And these folks who are dividing us on the basis of race and ethnicity have chosen chaos and conflict. Uh, And it's in a direct uh, head hit the first collision course with those of us who are trying to build community and recognize the human dignity of others. Look, you're absolutely right in your opening remarks. Uh, You should, in fact, make a determination on the distribution of these medicines and these vaccines based on the the most uh, exposed folks, based on uh, whether or not they can have contracted the disease, whether they have underlying uh, or pre-existing conditions or comorbidities, not on the basis of their ethnicity or race, but on the basis of need and our ability to help people of need regardless of race and ethnicity. But these guys, they don't care, son. They are, in fact, hell-bent on creating a chaotic division in our country so that it, it, it collapses. It collapses. And, and well, let me and, ask and, you this, Ken, mm-hmm. straight up. Is that yeah. racism to you? I, to, to make it, to base that distribution on race is racism. <laughs> you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is this. It, when, when you come to 
think about it. You know, they they say get in alliance, uh, in allegiance, and uh, in coalition with Black Lives Matter. This is an organization whose leadership happened to be uh, self-proclaimed Marxist. There's something that's unique about Marxists all across the globe. They try to destroy the family and run God and faith out of the public square. They see the family as the incubator of liberty. Therefore, you destroy it and you depend, you, you build dependency on government. And when you have dependency on government, the administrative state is in charge. Secondly, they, in fact, try to drive God and faith out of the public square because they, they don't want you to believe that our fundamental human rights are gifts from God. They, in fact, want you to believe that they are grants from government that they control. This is a political farce. It is, in fact, a strategy to divide, conquer, and manage us. Let me bring in Dr. Joel Zimberg. You know, Dr. Zimberg. I don't play doctor on radio and TV, and I've been very clear about that. I tell people to research everything that they possibly can as it relates to vaccines, COVID-19, monoclonal antibodies, these new antivirals. Take into account their unique medical history, their current condition. Talk to their doctor and doctors and then make that decision with with the people that went to medical school like you did for four years. Uh, did a residency and an internship and actually practiced medicine. Um, but if I was a doctor, and I have f- many friends that are, if I was, I wouldn't care who you were. My my Hippocratic oath would mean something to me, and that is to do no harm. And I would treat every patient the same. And you don't see skin color when you see a fellow human being that that's not well in front of you. Am I is is that old fashioned way of thinking? It's old. It's the old fashioned way of thinking, and it's the correct way of thinking. Well, uh, so you you read this and you wrote this op-ed in the New York Post about this, you know, the, this new preferential treatment for minorities. What is your take? Well, look at you know this is from New York City and New York State, and they've got this guidance that prioritizes who should get the two new oral antiviral drugs and who should be uh, getting the single uh, monoclonal antibody that appears to be effective against Omicron because all three of these drugs are in short supply. Uh, And, you know, most of the guidance is not objectionable. It says you have to consider whether the patients are immunocompromised, their age, their vaccine status, and a number of risk factors, things like underlying medical conditions that would predispose them to severe illness. The problem with the state's guidance, though, is that they then go on to say that non-white race or Hispanic Latino ethnicity should be considered a risk factor as long-standing health and social inequities have contributed to an increased risk of severe illness and death from COVID-19. And that's just not the case. You know, once you have been diagnosed with COVID-19, race is not an independent predictor or risk factor for severe disease. They've just decided to throw this in there. Now, and- I would say I would say this. Now, if there are particular areas of a, of a state or a city where the government feels that they want to be proactive in encouraging people to think about, and I believe in in freedom and I believe in medical privacy and doctor patient confidentiality, again, probably old fashioned views. 
Um, but if, say, there was particular areas, not I'm not talking about racial demographics, but areas of a state or a city that they wanted to convince that this is a good idea, I wouldn't have a problem with them going out and, and trying to make their case if they feel that strongly about it. Uh, but when it comes to medicine, it should be colorblind, in my view, doctor. No, absolutely. I mean, the problem what they have done is they've created a situation where people who are in all relevant ways equal, they're, you know, they're similar age, they have the same number of underlying medical conditions, they are or are not vaccinated, etc. All the relevant factors are equal, except that now you have a situation where the black person or the Hispanic person gets preference. Or, or even worse, you may end up diverting the medication to a minority patient away from a white patient who would benefit more. And, you know, that's just immoral. Uh, and, and it's actually illegal. It violates equal protection. Well, I think this will lose in court eventually. You know, the sad thing to me, and I'll ask both of you the same question, and Ken, I'll throw it at you first, is it is pretty unconscionable to me that we're at this point in a virus. You know, I will shut this virus down. Now Joe Biden is saying there's no federal solution. We're two years in, and we ran out of tests when we needed it the most in before the holidays, and Joe rejected a plan in October to produce 732 million tests a month in the lead-up to the holidays, anticipating that, you know, with get-togethers and then Christmas and New Year's and Hanukkah, that people were more likely to be exposed to whatever variant was prominent at the time. We didn't see this coming. Well, they had a plan, and, and they rejected it. Um, and he's the same guy that said it was a travesty when Donald Trump was president. But we ran out of testing. Somehow we ran out of monoclonal antibodies when there was never a shortage. He never even mentioned it until his vaccine mandate speech. And then we were also learning that we have these new antivirals and there's no effort to mass produce them and warp speed them into the marketplace when every doctor that I've spoken to speaks highly of it. I don't know. Ask your own doctor. But Ken Blackwell, that to me is a dereliction of duty. It is political malfeasance. Without question, Sean, you know, it, it, Joe Biden had a growing economy. He had people that were working. He had families that were realizing a better life. And he decided that he would destroy anything that had been initiated by the president. So we now have a contracting economy. Uh, we, in fact, have, you know, shortages on our grocery shelves and shortages of important medicine, this guy has practiced, you know, a political malfeasance and should be held uh, accountable. And so it's the same clown car that, in fact, left our folks over in Afghanistan, the same folks who are trying to create not only a nation without borders, but voters without borders, are now, in fact, wringing their hands, crying crocodile tears, and saying, what are we to do by the shortest of this important medicine? We, in fact, need to stand up as Americans and say, we're going to hold you to account. You, in fact, play politics with good, sound medicine and, 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 and production. All right, quick break. More with Dr. Joel Zimberg and Ken Blackwell. Then your calls, 800-941-SHAWN.
All right, as we continue with Dr. Joel Zimberg and Ken Blackwaller with us. You know, doctor, at this stage, now in a well, third year of COVID, first case was December 21st, uh, 2019. So leading into 2020, the travel ban went into effect 10 days later. Now, I'm, now my question is, two years into this, how is it possible that we don't have enough tests available? How is it possible? We've had monoclonals for 18 months that we run out of them. How is it possible that they're not mass producing these antivirals? And I have a follow up on antivirals. Every doctor I've spoken to is very hopeful about them. Are you? Look, I and others have been writing for months that these oral antivirals would be a tremendous boon to uh, treating COVID and, you know, ending the pandemic. Uh, but there was no real sense of urgency in the Biden administration to get them approved. It took months uh, after both Merck and Pfizer released their data showing that these were effective treatments. They've only just been recently approved. And, and Joe Biden, you know, when he was asked in his news conference, why don't we have these tests? His answer was, well, no one could have predicted that we were going to have a variant that might be more transmissible, except that every public health expert was <laughs> predicting there'd be new variants and they could be more transmissible. I mean, he said this in the midst of the Delta surge. And the problem with Delta was it was more transmissible than earlier variants. So how could he not know that another one might be around the corner? I mean, you know, it's a ridiculous explanation and ridiculous actions in, in not pushing forward these uh, medications the way the Trump administration pushed forward vaccines. You know, the Trump administration in Operation Warp Speed uh, un- undertook a strategy that I was in the administration at the Council of Economic Advisors, and we published a paper talking about how you needed public-private partnerships. And part of what they did in Warp Speed was just that. They provided money. They asked the companies to produce the medications even before they were approved. And you haven't had any of that. Within and, then, and, they produce, and they provided a safety net so that the companies wouldn't go bankrupt uh, after being asked to step up like that. They, they had financial protections and guarantees in place. You know, we should we should now warp speed testing, warp speed monoclonals, warp speed antivirals. Ken, last 30 seconds are yours. Hey, this is, again, an administration, a clown car that actually hates capital. They hate individual liberty. Aristotle summed it up best. There's a tension between the organized power of the state and individual liberty. More muscular the state, the less individual liberty. These guys want a muscular state. They are status. They must be stopped. Frederick Douglass said it best. Those who are whooped easiest or whooped most often, we must stand up and fight back. Thank you both. Ken Blackwell, Dr. Joel Zimberg, 800-941-SHAWN is our number. Your call's coming up next. Congress. 
All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. All right, let's go to our phones. Lenny is in the great, cold, freezing state of Minnesota. How are you, Lenny? Glad you called. Very good, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah, I just uh, want to say uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, ex-Air Force, and uh, just want to call about my uh, my uh, uh, um, uh, deal with uh monoclonal antibodies and going to the hospital and uh i had tested positive for uh COVID on the 9th of december which was a wednesday and i called my doctor the ne- very next day on thursday i went and got antibodies at 2 30 in the afternoon by saturday i was already feeling like i was not even sick so every, say, every single it. person that I know, and I, I've, I've been recommending this again, I tell people to check with their doctors because I'm not a doctor, but I, I've been telling people, ask your doctor about monoclonal antibodies and every single person anywhere between 24 and 72 hours, they feel great. How many hours till you felt better? Well, actually, 24 hours, I could tell it was already leaving my right lung where it was starting to set in, But then, by, which was Friday, and by Saturday, I was almost like, wow, I couldn't believe it. And then my wife tested positive three days later, and she went and got it, and within two days, she was feeling better. I have, I so have I, not had a single case. Now, when taken early, and I, I want people to pay very close attention to this, if you test positive, or as I say, pop positive on a COVID test, you want to get this infusion or the shots, or they, they have different methods now. Um, I have found they're equally effective. Um, if you get it early, you're going to get better. I don't know a single person. Linda, do we know one person, and we've recommended this to everybody um, in conjunction with their doctors and their doctor's approval, but I don't know anybody that has had the infusion that didn't have the same result. Yeah, there was a lot of people who went in for the monoclonals, and basically, you know, if you went in for them, you got better right away. But you had to go in, like you've been saying, from the beginning. You have to do it in those first couple of days. And if hospitals are not going to give it or they're going to say they don't have it, I mean, we had that one case on right before you went on break, Sean, and they had to have a court, they had to have a judge put the court order down for the for the woman to get what the doctor prescribed for her because the hospital wouldn't administer it. Why? It's unbelievable. I, if for And for example, you can't get certain medicines. But the one, you know, again, there was never a shortage until Joe Biden got involved. I mean, he screwed the whole thing up. Well, look and at last I, week. I mean, we were talking about it yesterday. He bought them all up. That Our government yeah, bought them all dis- up. Why? And states want to buy their own. They don't even want Joe's monoclonals. We'll, we'll get our own. Leave us alone. And there's no supply because the federal government has taken the whole supply. And it's like they're hoarding it. Why would they hoard it and they just ration it out? And but then states- all of a sudden they gave it yesterday because DeSantis or two days ago because DeSantis came out and gave the presser. And he goes, oh, yeah, on, on Sunday, HHS suddenly, yeah. you know, they had something to say. Change of heart. Oh, yeah. After the this all passed. Uh, well, I'm glad you're OK. Thanks for that. Uh, I hope people are listening. And again, I'm not telling you what to do, but if you get a positive test, I don't care if it's the Omicron variant, Delta variant. I don't care which variant I'm ta- I would take it all seriously. I've seen the worst of this thing. Linda, you know, cases that we've lived through. I've lost friends from this virus. I don't care if you test positive early treatment 
ask your doctor about monoclonal antibodies. Eventually, I'm going to every doctor so far that I've talked to speaks very highly, as Dr. Zimberg did, about these antivirals from Merck and Pfizer. But you can't get them yet. Why? I don't know. There's well, no and can we and can we also just touch on briefly, you know, from the beginning, we have been saying that, you know, treated early, you know, survival rates, success of health, all of these different things, even people with comorbidities tend to do well. Right. But each person in each health situation is different and it's personal and each person has a different reaction. And that's why all of this health care is so person dependent and that's why mandates don't work and vaccines can work but it's a person-to-person case it's like the young girl that you had on your show going back six months who had this dream of going to this university and they won't let her go even if she yeah, was, was studying virtually hawaii by the way it wasn't bringing young's policy it was hawaii's policy yeah correct uh, and that's i mean this is what's happening you know in our way, own that, state that here. girl had a health condition she had taken a right two, and she had had an earlier. adverse reaction to the vaccine she had an previously. adverse reaction to another vaccination. Her doctor recommended she not get the vaccine. Correct. And they wouldn't give her a medical exemption. I mean, you know, that doesn't even make sense. That it, doesn't. It, and then that, that, that doesn't fit the science, Linda. What happened? Right. To there is no the science. science. Just and like we're looking follow at the science. Go after five-year-old kids and make them get vaccinated. Point zero. I, even there's an updated CDC stat now, as per the CDC, the Almighty. This point zero zero one percent of children are affected by this virus over okay. the entire life the, of the virus. And here's the pro- problem. Now that we're getting breakthrough cases and everything, natural immunity, breakthrough, boosters, breakthrough, fully vaccinated, breakthrough. So you really it doesn't matter if your kids are protected or not. It's not going to impact you. If you can survive the virus, if you can use monoclonals, antivirals, therapeutics, why would you inject a vaccine that doesn't have a reputation of working into your child? Why? If you can change my mind on that, go for it. I'm not even I I agree with you. Why are you asking me? (laughs) I'm talking, you know, you in general, not you specifically. I know you and I kids between five and eleven. It's it's almost the same. Um. The death rate, which I hate to use that word, but it's actually lower. It's lower than influenza. The flu. I know it's lower all than right. pneumonia, lower than bronchitis, lower than all of the upper respiratory infections that we've had in our country and in our citizenry for the past hundred years. Let's go to Bill in Big Fork. Uh, I think it's Montana. What's up? Hey, do you watch the show Yellowstone? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> you got you got to watch this series. It's so good. But anyway, go ahead. What's on your mind? Well, uh, I'm an old 75-year-old Air Force vet, and I'm getting real concerned about the direction our country is going in. Uh, the Democrats are now trying. They couldn't get the uh, Build Back Better bill through, so now they're trying to push the H.R. 1, which they've called the John Lewis Steal the Election Bill. Anyway, i got a question for the Democrats. There's a fact that uh, 47 countries in Europe... 46 of those 47 countries require a government-issued photo ID to vote. What's wrong with America? We can't do the same thing. They want to have secure elections. We want to have secure elections. I want photo IDs, and the Democrats can stick it. I have a list. 
photo ID, just like you need to get into the DNC convention, just like you need for a six pack uh, of beer, uh, just like you need for a jewel pot or a pack of cigarettes, just like you need to visit your congressman or senator, uh, uh, just like you need for pretty much everything else to drive a car. You need a photo ID everywhere. I want fo- I want photo ID. I want signature verification. If we're going to do mail-in ballots, which apparently is the future, okay, I want chain of custody. I want people having control. We got to get rid of this 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 travesty, which is ballot harvesting. It's legal in California, believe it or not. I guess it's pretty easy to believe out there. Um, illegals can't vote, but we also need you know updated voter rolls and partisan observers watching the vote count up close, not a hundred feet away. Uh, from start to finish. That's what we need. And then we'll have confidence in results and election integrity. I would think everybody would want that. No, the Democrats don't want any of that. They want vaccine passports, but they don't want photo ID. You know, the only reason I can think of they oppose it is because they have nefarious intentions. That's my guess. And all you need to do is go to the Carter Baker Commission report and find out how the Democrats want to steal the elections. That's exactly the things not to do. If That's you what they said. This, this was after the disaster that was the, what was it, the 2000 election. You're right. Uh, in Florida, 537 hanging, swinging, dimpled, pimpled, chads, etc., dented, and everything in between. Uh, thank you for serving your country, sir. Donna is in Annapolis in Maryland. Donna, how are you? Glad you called. Hi. Um, Happy New Year. This is a great Happy one New Year. for you. Thank you. I just wanted to reiterate my um, displeasure at um, governmental figureheads practicing medicine. It just is um, is beyond my comprehension how they are allowed to dictate when and how medications are used and not the physicians who are prescribing them and seeing their patients. Yeah, I think the doc- there are doctors that believe in more unconventional um, approaches to medicine, more holistic approaches to medicine. And I think people should have a right to be guided by the doctor that they trust. I believe in right to try. Um, in the case of of this COVID-19 virus, I, I believe that these therapeutics need to be readily available, like monoclonals and and these antivirals, assuming that all the doctors I'm talking to, every one of them without exception, praises them. And so, uh, yeah, I think you're you're right. But guess what? You don't get that. You, you, you're there, not allowed to listen to your enough. doctor. They won't let you in many states. Well, many states, just like my state, um, has um, refused to allow you to use other medications as part of a protocol for you know, potentially early intervention of, you know, You're talking about like things like HCQ, like hydroxychloroquine. Right. Yeah. Well, in right. New York, it's the same thing. You, you, you have to have either lupus or rheumatoid arthritis or going to an area where you need an anti-malarial drug uh, to get it. They don't allow any off use, but I'd still listen. I'm, I'm not a doctor here. But there are now numerous studies that show, and it started with the Henry uh, uh, Ford Hospital study that showed taken early, HCQ, mitigated symptoms, 84% successful. 
There have been many other studies since then. The two studies that said that it caused harm had to be rescinded by prestigious medical journals because it was fake news science. So, but with that said, to me, what I've learned and what I'm seeing anecdotally, and you can talk to your own doctor about it, is that the monoclonals are the best ones. And I'm hearing a lot of good things about the antivirals, but they're not available anywhere that I know of. So in the meantime, you know, we need to warp speed monoclonal antibody infusions and shots and have it so every American that needs one or wanted one can have one. That was the case up until Christmas. We never had a shortage of this before, ever. Correct, because the government, again, is either not doing its job um, by sending our our um, medication producing abilities overseas and um, not addressing the supply lines of yeah. these medications that parts of them are made in other countries. Um, this was very well brought out by the um, President Trump that these things sh- should come home instead of being farmed out to, to other countries and the loss of jobs in this country. So you would think that they would learn their lesson and that they would start doing uh, just some of the things, like you said, like warp speed, getting the medications produced and actually doing studies instead of just doing um, review of, of studies and using that as their guideline, which you can look on any of these websites and they will tell you all the government ones, NIH, um, that they are just reviewing a collection of other uh other studies that were not actually in vivo, but they're in vitro, meaning they're not using live patients. They're just using anecdotal um, statistics and picking and choosing to support their efforts for masking and everything else. Listen, all I can say is, is that Joe Biden was given three vaccines, monoclonal antibodies, and he hasn't lifted a finger in a year, and he even ran out of tests. He's a, he's absolutely useless. Fauci is useless. And they're the last people I would go to to get any type of support or help. And I urge people work with your doctor even prior to an infection. What if doctor, what if I get infected? What do I do? Ask your doctor now and and locate, for example, where you are. Uh, where they do have monoclonal antibodies. And if it's not right in your community, find the closest one that does provide them. 800-941-SEAN. By the way, they're free, just like the vaccine. Free. Absolutely free. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Wants to silence Hannity. Don't let it happen. Make the commitment now. Three hours every day at 3 p.m. This is the Sean Hannity Show. That's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Mark Meadows, Reince Priebus, Sarah Carter doing a fentanyl investigation. Greg Jarrett, Larry Elder, Dr. Sapphire, and Dr. Siegel. News you'll never get from the media mob. That's happening tonight at 9. Please set your DVR. Hannity on Fox News. Thanks for being with us. You make this show possible. We can never thank you enough. See you tonight. Back here tomorrow.